Slate's Negotiation Academy is brought to you by FedEx. FedEx does more than shipping. They offer businesses a range of valuable solutions. Explore the solutions at fedex.com slash solutions that matter. Hi, I'm Seth Stevenson. And I'm Jill Barche. Welcome to Episode 6 of Slate's Negotiation Academy. In Episode 5, we talked about how to deal with jerks. Now we're going to talk about how to wrap the negotiation up and close the deal. So one key idea to keep in mind is don't negotiate one issue at a time. If you do that, you might lose on the first issue and then lose a little less badly on the second issue and then lose again on the third issue. But if you group them together into one package, and maybe you'll make a little bit of a trade-off on the first issue and get a little more of what you want on the second issue, but you know that overall the package you're offering is something that you are happy with, then you're sure to get an overall win. So let's say Seth and I are going out to dinner together. We're impoverished journalists, and so we only get one appetizer, one main meal, and one dessert. We're going to start negotiating the wrong way. Seth, Seth, what would you like for an appetizer? I am all about the jumbo shrimp gel. How about the oysters Rockefeller? No, I'm not gonna not gonna go for that. I'm I'm sticking with my shrimp. What about some mac and cheese? No, I'm all about the shrimp. Now I think we've settled on the shrimp. Let's move on to the entree. I am getting the lamb shank. That's what we're going to share. Oh, roast duck, please. No lamb shank. <laughs> well, I think you see where this is going. Obviously, this is not working out. Instead, let's structure this like a package. Let's say I give Seth his damn jumbo shrimp. But I insist on getting the main meal. And maybe we'll pick a dessert that we both like. What's important with this is you need to figure out your own relative priorities. What's most important to you? Where are you willing to give a little bit of ground? And then group it all together into one big suite of options. So it's really important to assess what your priorities are and what your opponent's priorities are. You're going to have to give him some of his priorities in this swap. And one of the biggest mistakes that rookies make is not being able to rate priorities. Like, sure, I have my favorite choice for the appetizer, the main meal, and the dessert, but this all can't be the most important thing to me. I have to decide, like, I really want the entree or I really want the appetizer. You have to prioritize the priorities. And one of the biggest rookie mistakes people make is thinking that everything you want is such a big deal. And if you really want the deal to close, to finish it off, you need to put these different parts of the deal all together into one bundle and offer it as a single option. So we wanted to ask some expert master negotiators how they go about structuring the final deal. And we paid a visit to Lieutenant Jack Cambria. He is the commander of the New York Police Department's hostage negotiation team. He deals with high-stress hostage negotiations, about 35 of them every month. And he's been at the police department 30 years, so we thought he would have some wisdom to share. He says as soon as he's alerted of a hostage-taking situation or someone's barricaded in their apartment, the first thing he does is a mini profile of the person. He quickly gets his team out to interview friends and family about all the things this person cares about, what they like, what they dislike, and what's most important to them. He says hostage negotiations aren't that different from business or personal negotiations. With some key differences, of course. The main difference is uh, there's usually weapons attached to it guns and violence and so on, which doesn't necessarily exist in corporate uh, negotiations. But ultimately, it's the same in the regard that you try to find out what's important to that person to close this deal. So for instance, if they have children who they adore, they they love their children, we're going to maybe approach it from that point of view. 
you know, Mom, your son, he's four years old. Who's going to teach your son how to ride a bike? Yeah, other people can do it, but that's something only a father should do. You know, you, know, you don't want the, uh, the children's authorities to come and take your children. You know, it's not that bad yet. We can, we can stop that. But if it continues, that may happen and be out of my control. So we're going to try to uh, uh, appeal to their sense of humanity of uh, why is this important to you to close the deal and abandon your thoughts and come out to us. He's able to balance out the different priorities and put them together and convince the person that they're overall getting a good deal. Even if they may be trading off some things, they might get arrested. At least they're going to get to watch their kid grow up. Now, sometimes you get stuck and you can't figure out a way to trade the priorities. Maybe you have identical priorities and there's no swap to be had. This standstill often happens when you're just dickering over price and you're just shouting numbers at each other and not getting anywhere. And it's really helpful to add a side issue. And sometimes it can be seem like totally from left field and totally unrelated. So one, you know, let's say you're haggling over the price of a washer dryer with a, with a salesman and you're just at a standstill. He won't meet your price. You won't meet his price. Well, that's a good time to talk about, well, what if you threw in the delivery for free? Or what if you threw in a, uh, an extra warranty? Or what if you serviced it on a regular basis? Or what if you came to clean it? There you go. Um, or let's say, you know, Jill and I, we're, we're going out to dinner again and we're, we're arguing over where we're going to go to dinner. And I want Mexican. Sushi. Okay, no, Mexican. Sushi. Well, one way to break that standstill is we could say, okay, Jill, you can get your sushi, but you're going to pay for the sake. Or you could do something like, Jill, you're going to get to go to your sushi, but I'm going to choose the dessert place, and we're going to this gelato place I love afterwards. And you're paying? Well, we can negotiate about that later. So the key is that you bring in the side issue, like paying the bar tab or where you're going to dessert, as a way of breaking the impasse. It becomes just like what we talked about before with bundling. The more issues you have, the more you can trade the priorities. Now, another thing you can do if you've reached a standstill and people have different ideas about what they're willing to do is you can add a bet to the final deal, a sort of if-then contingency. So let's imagine that I'm thinking about making a real estate investment. I've got my eye on a condo that I'm going to buy and quickly flip at a profit. At least that's the idea. And I don't quite have the funds to make it happen, but I think if I can get Jill in on the deal, then we'll have enough capital. The thing is, I have a huge appetite for risk, but I know that Jill's a bit of a nervous Nelly. So here we are. We're, we're looking at the condo. And uh, Jill, what do you think? What do you think about this condo? What do you think about how we might structure a deal to go in together on this? So, wait, you want a lot of money to buy this condo. You want my money. Yeah, and then we're going to flip it for profit. Uh, that is so housing bubble, and we are so in a housing bust right now. I'm, I'm afraid we could lose money on this deal. Well, let me suggest this, then. Uh, if we flip this at a loss, if we take a haircut on this, I am going to eat that loss. That's going to be on me. I'll deal with it. However... If we make big bucks off this, if we flip this at a huge profit, I'm going to take 75% of the upside. How does that sound? So you mean there's no way I can lose money right now? Exactly. Sounds like a deal to me. Adding a bet to the deal is, is one technique, and another is called a post-settlement settlement. <laughs> Sounds like some redundant babble, doesn't it? What is it, Seth? So let's say you've come to agreement, you've reached a deal, 
It's an okay deal. You know, you've both agreed to the terms of this deal, but maybe you think you could you could do something a little bit better that might make both of you a little bit happier. Right. Neither of you are all that thrilled with it. One thing you can do is take that agreed upon deal, set it to the side for a few minutes, and agree that you can always come back to it. It might free you up to be a little bit creative, suggest some out of the box ideas. Maybe what if we do this? What if we do this? And if you both agree to a new deal that's better for both of you, that's great. And if you can't really fix it, well, you can always go back. To that old deal, you've got that safety net waiting for you. Right, you always you understand that you're not going to be worse off than the deal you've already negotiated. In this case, by taking a little bit more time, you might get a better negotiation result. A lot of people, especially Americans, are kind of chomping at the bit to close the deal and be done with the negotiation. And what we learned in our class, and what we learned from Lieutenant Cambria, is to take your time. You can often get better results by just taking your time through the negotiation. Finding out what the other person needs, finding out their priorities, and structuring the deal where everyone is somewhat happy. But one time, Cambria really took his time. The longest one I was involved with on a personal level was 50 hours, and that was an individual who was um, um, diagnosed as having bipolar disorder. And uh, for 50 hours, he was barricaded inside his own apartment. This was in Brooklyn, with a gun to his head, threatening to kill himself. So in that, that type of situation, you really have to go the long road with that. They went through, uh, at the time, uh, I think it was 17 different negotiators over that 50-hour period. I was there for 20 of those 50 hours. And uh, <clears throat> people have to be allowed to work through their emotions, and that takes time. Because you don't want to be put in a position where you're going to enter into that apartment and be the facilitator of this individual shooting himself. Do you remember how you structured that final deal? He had a lot of issues. What really set him off, this individual, was a phone bill. Um, his girlfriend ran up the phone bill. It upset him to the point where he had an argument with her, and this is where it all started. And how it, how it ended up was uh, essentially, is it really worth the phone bill for your life? You know, uh, this can be resolved. We already spoke with your girlfriend. She's willing to talk this out with you and figure it out. And then there's our other, other resources available to you. There's counseling that can help you, both of you together, individual counseling. He wasn't taking medications, so we brought that up as well. Sometimes one little pill a day will change your life, you know, give you a better quality of life. So we brought out all these different points over these 50 hours. And finally, we had a resolution where he agreed to, to come on out, leave the gun in the, the apartment, and he came out. What you were thinking about, what are all his needs? His girlfriend, his phone bill, his psychological needs, and you found a way of yeah. meeting them each. Yeah, plugging into each of them. And he's uh, a very smart man. He's a very smart man. And the fact that he loved his girlfriend helped us a lot as well. And she was willing to talk with him and then, you know, maybe enter into a counseling program and see if they can resolve or you know, salvage this relationship. So we offered him some hope, and that's what it's about, offering hope. That's it for Episode 6. In Episode 7, we'll talk about the ladies. What do women need to do to be good negotiators? And what do men need to keep in mind when they're negotiating with women? You can send us feedback and questions at our email address, podcasts, that's with an S, at slate.com. You'll find this and every past episode of the Negotiation Academy at slate.com slash negotiation. Our executive producer is Andy Bowers. Our producer is Mark Phillips. And I'm Jill Barche. And I'm Seth Stevenson. Happy haggling. We'll talk to you next episode.